Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every month we deep dive into a different aspect of cinema, director, genre, actors, or franchises. It doesn't matter, because it's always fun at the Film Club. I'm Dean. I'm Boo. And this month we're going through the illustrious career of one Johnny Depp. And this week we're talking about... Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. That's right. 2003, this is the movie that pretty much launched Johnny Depp into A-list, leading man, Hollywood status. This is the turning point for his career. Uh, it's also the the start to one of the biggest movie franchises of the 2000s. I think it's number four, fourth franchise of all time. That, I think so. If, we're, if we don't count things like the marvel cinematic universe as one franchise yeah yeah because that uh, i mm, okay this is where we're gonna start we were so fucking spoiled in the 2000s we were so spoiled for like big media blockbuster franchises that not only were like giant entertaining blockbusters but also pushed forward like cgi effects production technology because because think about it right watching this movie because it comes out in 03 between 99 and 03 we had the matrix star wars spider-man's lord of the rings pirates of the caribbean with those like one after another some of them were the same year and i'm like we had all these giant franchises popping off we had all these big blockbusters and for the most part all of them still hold up and by the time that pirates comes out lord of the rings still hasn't finished yeah, Return of the King comes out the same year. Yeah, so it's like, you know, there's a lot going on when this movie comes out. Yeah. This, this is also the same time Haunted Mansion comes out. It's just... Oh, God, that's the that's another interesting thing. Disney did not think this movie was going to do well. No, this was supposed to be a direct-to-video movie. It was going to have... um, What was it? Christopher Walken was going to be in it. it, it Carrie had... Elways was going to be Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and then there was somebody else, another big actor... And I was like, even those actors, that's another, you know, that should probably be something that's wide release, not direct to video. Oh, well, it's the thing where like Christopher Walken was in the Country Bears movie. Yeah, and that he movie, was. And that movie's not very good, I'm happy to say. Um, but it is a thing where, you know, even this movie, right, Powers of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp wasn't a star at this point. Orlando or Jeffrey Rush wasn't really a major star. He was like a, a prestigious actor. People mm-hmm. liked him. Kira Knightley, I don't think, was a star yet. Orlando Bloom was the biggest person connected to this. Kira Knightley was in movies, but she was also 17 at the time. So this is still, you know, she's very fresh into her career. Yeah, this isn't like Kira Knightley, like, oh, she's the biggest star or starlet in Hollywood. No, but like Orlando Bloom's the biggest star in this, and that's. He only did the Lord of the Rings before this. Yeah, and it was a thing where, um, what's the second uh, Lord of the Rings movie? Two Towers? Two Towers. Yeah, Two Towers was coming out the same time as this movie. So they were like, oh, we could market it where when you go see this movie, you see the trailer for Two Towers. So it kind of ties it in, you know, oh, I'm seeing, you know, a big caliber actor. Or or, uh, Return of the King comes out the same year. Are you sure? I'm, I'm. Are you really going to ask if I know my release dates? Yeah, I'm just no. saying, you know, you get dates mixed up. No, I'm pretty sure 03 was when Return of the King comes out. Because this is also like the year that Return of the King wins like 11 Oscars and all that stuff. But I do I do get what you mean is Orlando Bloom, they were advertising all the Lord of the Rings merch and then having pirates get like the 
other marketing and everything to try and piggyback off of it. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of similar in production ways because Lord of the Rings has a lot of practical like sets and then it's then the CGI characters mm-hmm. enhanced. And Pirates kind of does the same thing. Where a lot of the like all the sets are actual practical locations, yeah, which look really, really good. It's a handful of sets where you're actually on a filming location, or you're on a film set. You're not on a filming location. Yeah. Versus, it, you know, like Lord of the Rings, where it's mostly you're just out there in the wild. You're yeah, you're in like New Zealand. Yeah. And then like Lord of the Rings, they enhance it with CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Gollum, the full CGI character, and in this, it's like. The effects are astounding how they're able to meld it in. I think that's why the um, the pirates, the ghost pirates, look so good is because they have the whole moonlight effect and it's mm-hmm. like super, super like like clean. It's a it's a real they have really clean transitions from practical to CGI effects that the movie really holds up. For early two thousands, yeah. Again, cinema peaked in like the early 2000s. Like Lord of the Rings is to me is like where we kind of peaked in terms of cinema production, where like we were we hit the maximum we could in terms of production design, in terms of what we can actually do with the medium. Like that is like peak cinema. Yeah, because uh, last year we went to the Frida and we um, we saw Lord of the Rings uh, when they were doing their um, extended marathon. Yeah. And it had been a long time that I'd seen um, Fellowship. And I was like, okay, I haven't seen it on the big screen since it first came out. I've only seen it on TV. Like, let's see if it holds up. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's why I was kind of like, I haven't seen Pirates in a, a very long time. I watched it on the, the big screen last night. And I'm like, okay, let's see if it still holds up. And I'm like, oh, no, it's still beautiful. See, that's the thing. Going, I Spoilers alerts for everyone. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl still holds up. Fucking slaps. Oh, yeah. Absolutely slaps. <laughs> One of my points when I was, you know, watching the movie and doing notes in my head, I was like, this is one of those movies where you smile while you're watching the movie. It, 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 it's it, so much fun. It has the vibe of like The Mummy. Yes. Right? Where it's the best movie you've ever seen while you're watching it. Now, don't be wrong. Like, Pirates has some, like, goofy humor in it that's a little out of place. Well, maybe not out of place, but it's a little, like, you can tell they're, like, aiming for a younger audience Mm -hmm. in some of the humor. You can tell that some of the violence is in the same way as The Mummy, where it's toned down. There's not a lot of blood. It's, yeah. And the only thing about um, Pirates that I think is weird is the same thing about, like, The Mummy. Some of the plot elements are just kind of awkward, but it's because you're you're bought the ticket, you're taking the ride. And our immediate cast is hot. Our immediate cast is hot. I don't know about Jeffrey Rush. Is Jeffrey Rush hot? Is Jeffrey Rush, like, more like a distinguished kind he's of hot? He's distinguished, yes. He's gentleman hot. Gen- gentlemanly hot? Yes. Mm, is he hot in this movie, though? <laughs> Barbosa not, not doing it for you? But his character is phenomenal. I do love Barbosa. Barbosa is like a really fun adventure villain. It's like when you think of a pirate captain, you know, a really seasoned captain, that would be Barbosa. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing about Pirates of the Caribbean that I think works so well in terms of how it's aged is the movie's real tight. It's like tight as a drum in terms of the story it's telling mm-hmm. where they know exactly what they're doing. They're just trying to do action adventure, classic swashbuckling heroes, and they're reviving the pirate genre. The pirate genre is one of the bigger like action genres of Hollywood. Oh yeah, there were ton of, tons and tons of pirate films. And, like Captain know. Blood, Errol Flynn made money doing um, pirate movies and adventure movies. 
And I mean, you know, it just became more expensive. I mean, so yeah, it, it kind of made sense where it kind of got phased out, just like Westerns were phased out eventually. Pirate movies got phased out way before oh, Westerns yeah. got phased out. And yeah. also, every time they tried to revive the pirate genre, they all failed. Cutthroat Island failed miserably in the 90s. You want to know what movie in the 90s didn't fail? Which movie? Muppet Treasure Island. Okay, that's the power of Kermit the Frog. That is a bang. Hey, Tim Curry's in it too. Okay, let's be honest here. Kermit the Frog, though, he's the he is the he's the king of Hollywood. He's he why is. that movie succeeded. I love me some Kermit till the day I die. <laughs> exactly. But um, let let's tell everybody the basic plot of Pirates of the Caribbean, and then we're gonna get really into it because you know. The movies, like, the world it comes out in, that's a big reason why I think this movie was so successful. It's kind of why we talked about the Lord of the Rings effect, the Star Wars yeah, effect, because, the I Matrix mean, effect. I remember the first time I saw Fellowship of the Ring. I remember the first time I saw Pirates of the Caribbean. That is so fresh in my memory because it was just, I've never seen anything like this. That's that's why that was so interesting, that 2000s era, because it's kind of like Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park comes out in, what, 92? 92. And it's like, oh my god, they made dinosaurs real, mm -hmm. oh my god. And that's like the computer-generated effects, the VFX, all that stuff. We were pushing what movies could do and what we can show on screen. And later in the 90s, you know, like Wing Commander or like the other CGI movies mm -hmm. that didn't get... That didn't really... Um, utilize the vfx in a way where they could hold the test of time either they were made too fast made too cheap they didn't meld them with like practical effects so that your cognitive dissonance could like relate to it yeah but this is like where we finally figured it out like real perfectly you know and yeah we'll we'll get into it but here's the very very basic story of pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl directed by gore Verbinski. <clears throat> a young blacksmith partners with a swashbuckling pirate to save the governor's daughter from the cursed pirates of the Black Pearl before they use her blood to lift their immortal curse and conquer the seas. But when they find that her blood is not what they truly need, they switch their sights on the blacksmith, and then all hell breaks loose as they try and escape with their lives, their treasure, and each other. Oh. Or, well, the governor's daughter escapes with him, and there's there's a whole thing. Yeah, you, you gotta, uh, you know, the, break this, down the love triangle. Here. There's a, it's not even like a love triangle. It's like a, it's like a... A love square? A love square. Uh, okay, actually, it is a love triangle with a Commodore. Like, I don't think Jack is really into a And the Commodore, that, that's problematic. I don't think the com the Commodore is, is interesting. There's, okay, the, yeah, the, the plot for this movie gets a little little lost in the sauce but it is interesting it, it doesn't get too lost it's just you know we're kind of finding out like will what the story really is yeah it's it's a love story but it's it is an adventure story it's it's like a ghost story too it's it's interesting it's a very um interesting movie that melds a lot of genres together which i think is why this movie was so um successful do you believe in ghost stories Okay, because you're in one. Exactly. One of the one of the best scenes in the movie. One of the oh, best scenes yeah. in the movie. That and uh, the water scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's legit parts of this movie where I'm like, oh, this is like a straight horror movie. Mm -hmm. They they are um taking stuff from like, not a living dead or whatever. They're taking like real good cues from like, like Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts, classic classic monster stuff. Um, but The Curse of the Black Pearl is just a fascinating time capsule for me 
Because when was the first time you saw it? Did you see this like on release in the theater? Oh, yeah. You went to go see Return of the King, double featured, went to see Pirates. <laughs> no, no. I, I went to go see Pirates. Uh, I think my dad took me and my friends to go see it. And it was a thing where, you know, I was excited because it's one of my favorite rides at Disneyland. It's everyone's uh, favorite ride. I love that ride. Well, I mean, my favorite, it's Haunted Mansion, but... You know, it's it's a tie. It's a tie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was the first time that they were doing a live-action Disney ride movie. So it, it wasn't the first. Well, they had done Country Bears Jamboree before that. Um, I think Haunted... <laughs> it's a ride. They had done... Um, I'm, I mean, I guess you I, Haunted Mansion came out after this or before this? I'm sure Haunted Mansion came out... Let's see. Well, there is a Haunted Mansion that came out after this one. But I'm wondering about the Eddie Murphy one, the American classic. That one also came out in 2003, but I think um, Pirates came out first. Pirates preceded it? Yeah. Okay, because they had tried to do... Because I know when they were pitching this movie to the executives, they were real hesitant because the Country Bear movies bond, because there was another... There's a few ride adaptation movies they tried to do that didn't work very well. And that's why this movie was almost direct-to-video. It almost had like a third of the budget and like it was Gore Verbinski that and um some of the writers that really pushed to have this at the scale it was yeah because I mean if you're gonna do a pirate movie let's do a pirate movie let's get out there on the ocean let's have treasure let's have fighting let's go hard in the sauce and get and get some fun exactly and that's why you know I think this movie works so well because it feels real it does. It doesn't feel like, oh, you know, that's um, that's we're, a green screen in the background. We're, we're on a CGI set. Like, no one's getting... There's no water anywhere. There's, the camera's not feeling the, the world around us. You know, even if we were doing uh, a movie where, okay, it's based off the ride and we're keeping with the track of, you know, I have just gotten into one of those boats at Disneyland and I'm following that track. Oh, we're going, you know, down the waterfall. No, this is its own entity. It's like we get easter eggs from the ride and it's mm-hmm. like oh, okay i know exactly where that's happening or where this happens but it's like no you're out there in saint lucia and it's like wow it's beautiful it really is beautiful so so that um i guess back to the or start of this line of talking so when you first saw it that's what like kind of pushed you over when you got in because you know oh it's a ride movie from disneyland mm-hmm. everyone loves disneyland uh, at one point loved disneyland Okay, it was okay. Um, <laughs> Your family's going to be so mad. They're going to be real mad. But when you, you know, got in, ride movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, probably one of the most famous rides at Disneyland. Mm. Was it the thing that sold you that it was so different than the source material, quote unquote? Was it the thing where it's like, this is just a good movie? Yeah, because, I mean, I don't even remember if I'd seen the trailer. I, I think I would have had to. Or like your dad might have seen it and was like, oh, that's a good movie for the kid. Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't remember going in. I just know that it was happening. I was excited. And I remember just sitting there and it wasn't what I expected. And I wasn't disappointed because I was just so enamored with what was in front of me. It's a very engaging movie. Yeah, I wasn't able to look away. I mean, even last night I was like, this is so much fun. I don't want it to end. Should I start part two? It's almost four o'clock in the morning. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, start a marathon right now, but... That, that's also a thing that surprised... This surprised me 
so much what about this movie. It's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, I don't remember it being that long. I don't remember it being that long either. And then the movie starts going and it just it just goes. It does not feel very long. There's no lulls. There there isn't really. The beginning is like the most um I guess measured pace the movie ever mm-hmm. gets, but it's like very engaging. We're learning stuff about our characters. Each some everybody has a little character moment little goofy sign we're, we're setting it up so that you know at least we remember the faces of these people yes um but like okay let you want to get in and we'll just talk about some of the the first act stuff yes. how we and introduce our characters yeah, let's go for it because when you watched it were you just engrossed when it begins on black starts singing yo ho ho pirate's life for me yeah you know the the girl's voice it's all ominous and spooky and then it comes up it's the mist covered ocean she's on the front of the boat like a siren and it's like that is some of the coolest shit (laughs) and this is where we meet young elizabeth we meet young will because will was shipwrecked yeah he was uh his ship sunk it was uh taken down by the black pearl yes yeah exactly taken down by the black pearl he drifts off the boat that the governor and commodore Mm -hmm. norris no commodore um oh my god i know is it it norris oh god it starts with like an n norrington norrington commodore norrington so posh i wasn't even able to get back to (laughs) to imdb i was like (laughs) i know it's something norrington norrington Commodore Norrington, the governor, and like young Elizabeth, they rescue Will and they find the medallion on him. And and Mr. Gibbs is on that ship too. And Mr. Gibbs, you gotta love him. They find him, they have the medallion. Elizabeth takes a medallion because it's a pirate's mark, I guess? She assumes that it's like a pirate's, pirate's medallion, but really it's a piece of stolen... As, cursed, Aztec gold. Aztec gold, uh, cursed treasure. Which love that love when we get the mysticism in there but um they do that they meet for the first time she takes the medallion will doesn't will thinks it gets lost at sea right she takes it because she fears that he's gonna be killed and she's like you're gonna grow up to be a really hot orlando bloom i gotta keep you alive well yeah and then he they grow up right yes and then in a flash you know in a flash i really love the transition um but that that opening sequence that's a mood setter i mean especially when you see like elizabeth uh, the umbrella just gently spinning in the water it just looks so cool and it's like wow I'm like that is cool and then you start to see more things and it's like oh there's more debris what's going on and then here's the carcass of the ship that has just been destroyed and is burning and and the black pearl just disappears into the fog into, into the mist it's so cool it, it is. is so cool I love it because the that opening sequence, it's like the mist, like you're going through the ride because, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing you see, it's all that mist and fog mm-hmm. and it's setting the prelude. It's it's very ominous. It's like a horror movie. But the other thing is I can't see beyond the fog. It's just the ship and it looks like a pirate movie. It looks like a pirate ship. It and doesn't you, look like a green screen. And it, right before the black transition, you get to see the flag, the pirate flag. Which is just cool as shit. Hell Yeah. But then we finally get to meet the actual characters we have. Mm-hmm. We get to meet adult Elizabeth or 17-year-old Elizabeth. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Of those times, I guess 17 is adult. Uh, she, she, would, she, would, she should have already been on like two kids at that point. Um, but we meet adult Elizabeth. We meet Will. They you know, meet each other. They're super into each other. Well, it's pretty obvious. You know, they live in the same town. They're into each other. But he's in a black, he's a blacksmith apprentice. 
and she is the governor's daughter and it's this whole you know well you work in a shop and you want my daughter no i'm gonna give you to this older dude that's known my daughter since she was a child okay come let let's talk about that because this is the love triangle right yes. so we have elizabeth in the center how would you like describe elizabeth like kira knightley's character how would you describe her strong independent adventurous uh not wanting that older dude not into and, him. and, and dad's just like you know but he's a new commodore this is awesome he'll protect you he's got a great powdered wig i've got great powdered wigs the governor has great powdered wigs. He does. He does. I'm I'm just like kind of curious because the movie, like it's like Will has the character arc, right? Yeah. But it feel like Elizabeth also has a little bit of an arc too because she starts off and she's very like, kind of like prim proper. It's also interesting that she's very knowledgeable about pirates. She knows parlay. She knows all of Jack Sparrow's adventures. It sound it seems like she's the the girl that has always seeked and wanted adventure, but mm-hmm. she's you know the porcelain doll. She's in her you know governor's you know palace, and she's like, I got you a pretty dress, and you know, oh, your beautiful room, and this and that, and it's like this is great, but you know, I want adventure. I want to go out. I want to see the world, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting. I mean, it's a it's the tried and true um, mm-hmm. character arc for you know the beautiful girl in these kind of adventure mm-hmm. movies. You know, she's like, I'm not a porcelain doll to be locked away. I want to go out and see the world and sail the seven seas with Orlando Bloom. Do you know how dreamy he is? And Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp. You know how dreamy he is? He's a little dirty in this, but whatever. He's still hot. Eh, sure, I guess. But yeah, but that's like Elizabeth. And then we have, um, do you want to do Norrington or do you want to do uh, Turner? Where, where do you want to go next? Uh, Let's go Norrington because we get more. We get real deep into turner yeah so we have commodore norrington and he is the character that i think i liked the most on this rewatch or my opinions on him changed the most from this rewatch because as a kid i'm like oh well he's the bad guy or he's like kind of a dick (laughs) f that guy f that guy and on this one it's like oh no he like really does care about elizabeth Mm -hmm. he's this guy that has a very strict code that he lives by, you know, the military code, the mm. law and order, or whatever. And he's kind of like more complicated than mm-hmm. I think somebody like Jack Sparrow is or or Will Turner is or Elizabeth is. He's a little more complicated, a little more, more nuanced just because he's willing to give up Elizabeth at the end of the movie yeah. because he loves her enough to know that he's not the one for her. And that's not what she wants. And, and it's like, do you really want to have somebody where... Their heart's really not there. And I think that's that's interesting. And the other thing is, you know, he develops a begrudging respect for Jack Sparrow. Because at the beginning, he's like, you're the worst pirate I ever heard of. But you have heard of me. Great line. Yes. Great line. And it's the whole thing where he gets this begrudging respect because he's like, you've, you've bested me at almost every turn. You are You go from this, like, lower class guy to now my equal to where I'll give you a head start before mm-hmm. I chase you down. He's just a very interesting character that evolves throughout the movie. It's the same with, you know, Will, where he could, you know, arrest him and hang him for all the things that he's done to help Jack, you know, piracy, you know, in his own regards. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like, now we're good. I'm just yeah. going to walk past you. I respect you. 
is is that thing where it's just like, bro, I know we got into a fist fight and you whooped my ass, but you know what? You beat me fair and square. Respect. You, respect. You respect. All good. You buy me a beer later and we'll call it even. It's it's just interesting because th- him and Will both have an arc that leads them to being probably in a better place or a different place than at the beginning. Like the perfect arc for, you know, your characters, mm. right? Because at the beginning, we wouldn't see him as somebody who would let Elizabeth go, you know, to Will. We wouldn't have seen him be um, forgiving to Jack Sparrow. No. And the same with Will. At the beginning, he hates pirates. He hates the idea of being a pirate. He thinks they're the reason why his father died. He thinks they're the reason why his mother, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he's like, no, I'm a pirate. Like, yeah. he's, he finally accepts, like, his, maybe not destiny, but his lot in life. And he finally, you know, gets gets the cojones to finally, you know, ask Elizabeth out, you know, to the prom. It's beautiful. It is. But I think it's interesting that they both have a have an arc. But that leads us to the main character of the movie, actual Will Turner. Yeah, actual Will Turner. Because people forget that Jack Sparrow is not the main character of, like, the first three pirate movies. I don't know. I mean, I feel like after this one, it's like, how could he not be the main character? You're probably right. Because I think think in uh, two and three, he gets upgraded from supporting actor to basically co-lead of the mm-hmm. film but we're gonna we're gonna get to him right after this because we're still meeting all the characters right yes. well he's waiting downstairs he's got the new sword that the governor's gonna give to governor nor or the commodore, commodore. norrington um will made it himself he's an expert swordsmith and a swordsman we find out mm-hmm. later we're gonna talk about that and i love the the scene where he's looking at the light fixture and it kind of pops off the wall and he's like oh oh shit and he's kind of looking around and he's just dumps it in like the bin it's it's like i'd like to believe that you know way back in time we were still breaking things on accident like shit i don't know how to fix that let me just you know hide it over here I, it's a funny little comedy bit that mm-hmm. develops a little bit of will's character he's a little bit of a spaz a little bit of a klutz he's a little klutzy he's a little klutzy he's it's also the thing where it's like he's nervous He's yeah. nervous because it's like, oh, I'm going to give the sword to the governor. But when he gives it to the governor, cool, calm, collected, talking about, you know, like swords, the sword and, you know, the make of it, how perfect it is. He does the cool flourish, but he gets real nervous when Elizabeth walks in. Well, yeah, because that's, you know, that's it's, his dream girl. It, it's Kira Knightley. You know, it, she, it is. She's pretty good looking. Yes. Um, but how, how are we describing Will Turner, his arc, his character? It's a complicated guy. That no one understands but his woman. Fact. And then she's like, bro, you've known me since we were children. Just call me by my name. Yes, Mrs. Swan. Maybe next time. Once more. And then she's just like, bro, I'm so over you right now. Do you think she's like kind of over him at the beginning of the movie? I think she's just upset that it's like she wants more. And he's just so, you know, respectable and rigid in his ways of, you know, you're technically classes above me. I'm not going to, you know, try to test the waters there. And she's just like, I don't care, you know, who I am and who you are. It's just, I generally have feelings for you. You look like Orlando Bloom, please. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You look like Legolas, for God's sakes. Yeah. It It is kind of, it's interesting because when the movie begins... I feel like Elizabeth is in that I'm fed up. I You are not a romantic interest to me. 
because that ship sailed long ago. Whereas Will is like, no, the ship hasn't sailed. I'm just too too afraid to get on the boat. I, I don't think she's past it. I mean, she was dreaming about it. But it's just, I think it's a thing where she's like, I don't know what else I can do to get you to feel like you're equal to me. So we can kind of, you know, engage in a relationship. She wants him to make the move. And he's just, you know, very respect respectable. And he's just like, I can't because I know your father's not going to accept me. And it, and that is a main crux of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Is their love story. Yeah. When is Will going to get the, the guts to finally admit that he loves Elizabeth? And how is Elizabeth going to get her dad to accept it? Mm-hmm. But after we get that, when they ride off to go to the coronation, we get introduced to somebody. One of the greatest entrances in movie history. The entrance to Captain Jack Sparrow arriving into Point Port Royal. Uh, Point Royal? Port Royal. Port. I had to look it up. And it is it is like so cool because it looks like he's just sailing in on this big grand ship. He's on top of the mast. The sun's in the background. The wind's blowing in his face. And the boat's fucking sinking. Yeah, you know, rewatching this movie as an adult... I'm like, I really identify with Jack because, you know, that would be me. My my boat would be sinking and I'd just be barely making it to the port. My compass wouldn't be working. Uh, Yeah, I'd have a lot of things where it's like, oh, luck, please help me out this time. It, it is so funny because Jack Sparrow is the definition of better lucky than good. Because yes. he is like not a good... Um, pirate he's just incredibly lucky well i mean he's also you know not like some of these pirates where you know it's really cutthroat and ooh, he's evil and this it's like no he's a fun pirate yeah he's a good time he he's in it for fun and he's in it for gold and in it for treasure he's in it for freedom for freedom he's in it for a good time and it's it is just great that um you know jack sparrow right he's a character that overtakes this entire Mm -hmm. franchise and in the first movie he's he's in a lot of it you know he's you know one of the major like Mm -hmm. leads but he's in a supporting role he's supporting the arc between elizabeth and will and he doesn't have a big change but he's the one that pretty much steals the show yes this is also like the first role johnny depp gets nominated for an oscar for this is the role that pretty much pushes him into leading man status this is the role that Basically, after he sticks the landing on this, he then goes on to be in two more wildly successful sequels to this. He can do anything he wants. He's a franchise actor. He is a franchise actor. He's basically like, I can do anything I want. I'm Jack Sparrow now. How are we going to like look at Jack Sparrow's and Johnny Depp's performance? Is this like... Is this his great role? Is this the role that they you cannot get anyone else to play? Is this the one where, for the rest of eternity, when you say Johnny Depp, name me five, name me his great roles, name me his five best movies? Is Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow, is that the role at the top of the list? It's one of them. I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm biased and I love Johnny Depp and I could list so many movies where I'm like, oh, he was phenomenal in this role, that role, that role. It's also the Tim Burton effect where he's in so many Tim Burton movies. The good Tim Burton movies. It's probably one of Johnny Depp's best roles or movies. Yeah, but it's a thing where he has been able to make this character his own and take it off the screen and bring it into reality. Because I think up until, you know, recently... 
he would still don the costume and he'd go visit children at children's hospitals Yeah, as Captain Jack. And he'd talk to them and take pictures with them and spend time with them. So it's, you know, he's really created this person. And I think that, you know, yeah, it, you know, someday when we're counting, you know, all the great roles that he has, absolutely. Captain Jack is up there. It's the thing where he steals so much. He has so much screen <laughs> presence in this and, you know, we did Fear and Loathing last week, and mm-hmm. I know Fear and Loathing, we were kind of like lukewarm on as a movie, but we both agreed he was great in that. Oh, yeah. You know, Johnny Depp never puts up a bad performance, and that's why it... Transcendence wasn't that good. Haven't seen it, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> ah, I but, see. But it's a thing where, you know, yeah, the movie was kind of meh for me, for me, mm-hmm. but his acting chops, his character, spot on. Yeah. And in this movie, we really get to see him play. It's not, you know, well, I mean, he's drunk in this movie. You know, as I say, you know, fear and loathing, it's drunk and high. This one, it's, it's just rum. Just, you know? a, just, just a little bit of rum. Just a little bit of rum. A little bit of rum. But I mean, you know, he's still coherent and it's funny and there's a lot of action. There's lots of stuff going on with his character. Yeah. And it's the thing where Jack Sparrow is the, you know, I described him in the synopsis swash swashbuckling pirate he good times he's having a wild time i love when him and norrington first meet after he's uh jack sparrow saved elizabeth from the water yeah and you know he's going through his effects and he's like you know compass that doesn't work you know gun with one bullet in it no reloading powder no extra bullets and i love you know it makes me laugh every time when he opens the sword and he goes i nearly expected it to be made of wood and it's just like <laughs> you are by far the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And it's just like you know, it's like yeah, I could see it because he's so uh, he's a little goofy, you know, when he comes on. And it's just like he's kind of having a rough day, but look at him jumping off the boat, saving Elizabeth. I you know, I also love the fact that other characters acknowledge Jack is weird. The the two soldiers. Well, the one the two soldiers are just like, why is he doing that? Why is he talking like that? But Will, when they're on the the ship and they're chasing Elizabeth down and all that other stuff, he goes up to uh, Mr. Gills? Gibbs. Mr. Gibbs. I'm going to fuck it up every time. (laughs) Mr. Gibbs. He's like, hey, um, Gibbs, I'm wondering, why is Jack so, uh, you know, weird? And and he does does the impersonation where it's the weird hand moves. And and that was ad-libbed by Orlando Bloom. It works. Yeah, because you know... Who he's talking about. That That's how strong Johnny Depp has made this character where it's like, you could do the actions of him, you can walk like him, and you know that's supposed to be Jack. But but I love in the, the fact in the movie where Jack Sparrow is an atypical pirate, not only in like his characters and actions, but other characters acknowledge he's atypical. Yeah. Where Norrington is like, you are the sorriest excuse for a pirate. You are a pirate. You got the marks or whatever, but it's like, you don't have any like real weaponry. You don't seem to be that clever. You seem to be getting by on the fact that you're a little ruthless, a little Mm -hmm. bit, and you're incredibly lucky. And even like when um, we get the fact that later on, we'll ask like, why is he like that? Why is he like, and you know, Gibbs gives him the whole thing. He's like, I, he went crazy on the island and all this other stuff. And then the reveal is, he's like, I was on the island for like three days getting (laughs) fucking hammered. And they're like, so why are you like that though? Like, why are you like that? But it's it's like, I'm my own person, damn it. (laughs) Exactly. But it's like fascinating to me that the movie, even in concept is Jack doesn't 
Jack is different than the other pirates. Mm-hmm. I mean, once we meet Barbosa and the other pirates, we yeah, see their crew. Yeah, their crew. They're a different breed of. I mean, we get pirate. We get that sequence of the ride where the the pirates are pillaging. They're lighting things on fire. They're you know shooting. They're chasing women. They're stealing. It's like, oh, okay, here are the pirates that we're used to, and then we have Captain Jack Sparrow that. He's just here for a good time. He's he's a party pirate, right? Yeah, he's getting slapped around by the women that, you know, he never wrote to. I deserve, I don't know if I deserve that one. Slaps again. I might have deserved that one. Slapped again. I definitely deserve that one. It's good bits. It's good bits. Um, but you know, we get we get the introduction to to Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. That presence is going to loom large over the franchise and mm-hmm. movie culture until, like, Iron Man, basically. That wipes yeah. away every other franchise on planet Earth and Marvel takes over. But when we meet him, that leads us to finally all of our characters kind of co- coming together. Mm-hmm. When Jack saves Elizabeth from drowning because she's wearing the French corset and she fucking collapses. Well, and also, you know, that poofier than poofy dress on a, a very hot day. And she just faints and falls into the water. Which, lovely. Um, you know, great dress. And Jack saves her and everyone's like, oh my god, I can't believe you saved him. But I you're mean, a pirate, so we're going to kill you. Well, I mean, he's also trying to commandeer a ship. He's telling these two soldiers his plan. So he's an honest pirate. Exactly. And then, you know, you'd think, oh, you know, he's stealing a ship and this woman just landed in the water. No, right away he starts taking his stuff off so he could jump in the water and save her. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I feel like if it was, a you know, one of Barbosa's crew would probably be like, ah, the the woman landed in the water. Uh. Like, so it's like, you can see Jack has a heart of gold. It's, well, it's the character thing, right? Because we need to distinguish the difference between Jack Sparrow and Barbosa, Barbosa. the good and the evil. They're mm-hmm. both pirates. We get to see the big action sequence where he cheats in a fight. We get to see him steal stuff. He's definitely like a no good Nick. Mm-hmm. But push comes to shove, he's not going to shoot a guy for he's not going to shoot a guy for blocking his way. He's not going to kill somebody for no reason. Mm-mm. He'll defend himself, you know, but he if he has a way out, he's going to take the way out. Mm-hmm. He's not going to like fight to the last man, right? Yeah. And when, you know, somebody is in trouble, he's going to help them. And Barbosa, we know that that's not the case. I I can't wait for us to get to Barbosa by the way. That <laughs> there's there's some shit there. But we finally get the moment where they all coalesce. So Elizabeth drowns, Jack saves her. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe you saved me. Thank you so much. But because he's a pirate, Norrington's going to have him hung or put to trial. But this is how we have Jack tie in to, you know, Barbosa and everything that's going on. Elizabeth falls in the water and she's wearing the, the medallion, the medallion, the, the piece of stolen gold, which, you know, enacts the curse and, you know, Barbosa and everyone's coming to Port Royal and Jack recognizes the piece of stolen gold on her. So it's like, okay, so I need to keep an eye on you now because you have this and I don't know why you have this. I now know that you are important to the plot. Yes. And But Jack manages to make a harrowing escape. He manages mm-hmm. to like use Elizabeth as like basically a human shield mm-hmm. until he can get far enough away to do like the zip line. We see this really fun like action chase sequence mm-hmm. that a lot like it's a lot of practical like there's a lot of real stuntmen doing like the the zipline stuff jumping over things like it looks really good we also have you know pieces of history like you know when norrington confirms that jack's a pirate he's got the uh the brand and the, the tattoo the, the branded p on his arm and you know that is factual to the east india trading company because they did do that to pirates but they would brand them on their forehead 
Yeah. So I was like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I, I think that looks a lot better well, on he, the arm than the forehead. I wonder if that's why he wears the bandana over uh, his forehead. To, just to look cool. I, I, yeah, just to look cool. But I wonder, that'd be an interesting thing is that's why he wears the bandana and but that's why they branded it him. It would have to be all of Barbosa's crew that would all have to have the same markings too. Yeah. So. That's probably why. Um, there's also the sparrow tattoo, which that's actually a thing that I think the Navy still like does. It's a it's one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if you pass the equator on your voyages or whatever, you get the sparrow on the horizon. And uh, that was a prop tattoo in the first movie. And after that, he got it actually tattooed onto his arm for his son. Oh, good for him. His son that was born, I think, the same year that the movie came out. His name's Jack. Oh, that's so, adorable. So, you know, that, that's part of him. So I'm like, okay, that's cool I'm to so see. I'm so glad he didn't play Barbosa. That would suck. Barbosa Depp. That'd be an <laughs> awful shit kid's name. It'd be interesting. They would call him Barbie in school. It'd be worse. Hey, It'd be awful. Barbie changed the world. Thank you very much. Yeah, it took 20 years, all right? She, it would have been hell growing up. She finally did it, It would have been hell growing up like that. But we finally get the big chasing. It's super cool. We end up in the blacksmith shop, and that's when we get the big sword fight between Will and um, Jack. And it's like, you know, Will's like, you're a pirate. I won't let you go. You're going to be captured. And Jack's we like, you know. We have bad versus evil, and I'm using some big, you know, quotation, quotation marks. Because, you know, Jack isn't evil. Or good versus evil, yeah. you know, that thing. And we get the cool sword fight. I love this sword fight. This is like great fucking you know, swashbuckling action. Yeah, it goes know. through the whole shop. They're like getting flung up in the air. And, and Will's, you know, taking a sword, a branding sword out of the fire. So, you know, of course we're going to have sparks flying. You want to have a sword fight and have the sparks and just feel like, damn, this is a good fight. It's cool as shit. It is. It's one of those things where it like makes me so happy that they, um, this was in the era that it was because it's like, oh, those are real stuntmen or those are the real actors actually training doing the moves and they were trained to do the sword fighting so it's mm-hmm. not like you know oh we're seeing a lot of people's backs because you know obviously that's the stunt person that's in you know fighting it's like no you're, you're watching them and it's like oh cool this is an actual fight yeah and then when you go to like the stuntmen or whatever it's when there's like wild shit like oh we're gonna drop you know an anvil on the card and you're, you're gonna, gonna go flying into you're gonna the air. fling up like 15 feet in the air and you're gonna get up onto the rafters and then you're gonna fight on the rafters and i love this fight because it utilizes so much space is the fact that you can tell these are real people in a mm-hmm. real set you can tell they're not utilizing like cgi dummies mm-hmm. you know to like move people around so like Oh, well, that'd be too dangerous to do. It's like, nah, but it'd be so fucking cool, though, right? Screw safety. Do it for the value. Um, But we have the whole fight, and we get to learn a lot about Jack and a lot about Will. One, Will is obsessive. He, yes. you know, he, he's like, I make all these souls, and I train for three hours a day. And Jack's like... You gotta get yourself a girlfriend, mate. Or maybe you do maybe you do have a girl you're looking at and that's why you train for three hours a day you're not looking anymore and it's like oh okay jack like it's interesting because jack can read will he can read Mm -hmm. people like a book honestly he's like will is just so you know so rigid and buttoned up he's like yep that man's in love and Mm -hmm. that woman won't give him the time of day it's also only for him to know she's giving him all the time of day and he just doesn't see it he does not and also the thing we see that Will has a sense of honor mm-hmm. that Jack is able to exploit that he then learned that then Jack teaches him like you have to give up the honor code if you actually want to like survive, mm-hmm. which, you know, is interesting because 
you know, uh, Jack throws like the sand in Will's eyes and he pulls the thing. He's like, you cheated. And Jack's like, like, I'm a pirate. Like, that's what I do. All right. We're in a fight to the death. I'm going to survive. And I love the, the, the line where he's like, this bullet ain't for you, mate. Mm-hmm. Don't make me use it. And Will's like, I'm not going anywhere. He's like, fucking please, man. And I love how Jack is like, even for my own survival, I have. There's a reason. There's the bullet in this pistol, mm-hmm. and it ain't for you. And I, it's good. And I good. don't want to kill you. And I don't want to kill you. It's good character stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they finally capture Jack, and it's the whole like Jack's going into the into the dungeon where we mm-hmm. get to see the the thing from the ride, the reference. Yeah, you know the the dog holding the keys and the the prisoners with the bone trying to you know get the dog to come over, and it's just like, uh, Kino, Kino. I love this. It's, it's pure cinema. And that's when we have uh, the Black Pearl showing up to Port Royal, and yeah. things are about to go down. Yes, we do. the bl- The Black Pearl shows up, and it just uh, raids all of Port Royal. And we get to see the pirate raids. We get to see people getting cut up. We get to see fires. We get to see explosions. You know, Will's like, "Oh, I grab my blacksmith hammer and I grab my sword and I go out and I will defend." You know, to the last man. And it's um his axe, his throwing axe. His throwing axe was cool as shit. <laughs> And I love how that's an interesting thing the movie does. Because the first person Will kills, right, is also shows up at the end of the fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. Will killed you. Mm-hmm. Why are you still here? And then it gets revealed later that they're cursed to be immortal. And I'm like, oh, that's a subtle thing that just yeah. cues you in. There's something weird going on mm-hmm. here. And as that's going on, Elizabeth, you know, they're like, we know the gold's here. And they capture Elizabeth. Because they're like, we need the gold coin and your blood because we think you are um, the son. Bootstrap Bill's daughter. The son of Bootstrap Bill and we need his blood, right? And they take her because Parlay, she has to meet the captain. That and she also doesn't want to give up, you know, that she's the governor's daughter because she thinks, you know, that's why they're coming to get her. So she's like, I'm a maid. My, My last name is Turner and... Oh, that's perfect. You're exactly who we're looking for. You're going to, you know, save us from this curse. I love how the movie needs that to happen for it to for the plot to work. And I love how later on in the movie Will's like, "Why did you say your name was Turner?" And she's like, "I don't know." <laughs> I love how even the movie's like, "It's a fucking movie, guys. Just let it ride. Just just put put it all on black and let be, it ride." But that would be you. You'd be like, "Why did you do that?" Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have a crush on you. Okay. <laughs> the plot, I'd be like, the plot told me to. Let, leave me alone. Uh-huh. But, you know, and then we finally get to meet Barbosa. Yes. Fucking Jeffrey Rush just hamming it right the fuck up. And I fucking love Barbosa because he is he is one of the, like, the fun adventure villains, I swear. He's got a great laugh. He's got a great laugh. He looks fucking deranged. But I love when he, you know, captures Elizabeth and they're going off to sea, you know, because they're got to go back to the island to do the gold ritual. And he's like, you know, we're cursed. We can't have, you know, food turns to ash in our mouths. Wine never satisfies. Women never, you know, give the flesh of a woman gives us no pleasure anymore. All this stuff. And the thing he wants more than anything. It's just a bushel of apples. He just wants to have the taste of an apple again. He just wants to feel something again hit like and that's an interesting thing they're cursed to be immortal right and when the moonlight hits them they turn into the skeleton crew this yeah a literal skeleton crew Mm -hmm. they turn into monsters and zombies or whatever and it's like and it's like oh well you're immortal you can't die you can pillage and take whatever but they can't take pleasure in anything anymore Mm -hmm. and i think that's fascinating for the for a villain he's like 
I don't want to be immortal. I don't want to live forever. I don't want this curse. I miss curse. food. I miss food. I miss I miss food. I miss the I miss women. I miss wine. I miss life. Well, I miss feeling he, he anything. He even says he's like, you know, I miss the feeling of wind on my face. He goes, I don't even feel the mist of the ocean anymore. Could could you imagine that? Like you're a pirate, you're you're you know you're out to sea. Your your lady is the sea, and you can't even feel that anymore. And I and I love how he is like so earnest about it. It's not a thing where he's like, I want the I want to get the gold back so that you know maybe we can do this or that or conquer the seven seas. But he just like I want to just feel again, mm-hmm. and it's like a really good villain motivation because I'm like, yeah, that is a reason why you would pillage the 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 world looking for gold coins just you can just feel something mm-hmm. again and um also he just like fucking rules in this movie oh absolutely he is so game for all the weird goofy shit they're asking barbosa to do he's also got a thing for hats great hats big hats great big big hats uh and then you know the plot gets on and um will springs jack because jack knows about the black pearl assumes that jack knows where to get to the black pearl Mm -hmm. springs them they uh steal a boat and they're now off to find elizabeth off to you know kill barbosa take the black pearl all that stuff but that's like that's like the rest of the movie how it plays out is adventure and you know Mm -hmm. this and that scheming the scheming but you know we got to introduce all of our characters but the the movie, right? The rest of the movie. Where do you want to go? Like, uh, what's the next, like, major thing that's, like, interesting? It's definitely Jack getting his crew together. Yes. Well, Jack getting Gibbs to get his crew together. Yes, that is... The movie because turns J- a little comedic in that yeah, moment. Yeah, because Jack and Will are able to steal um, the Interceptor. That mm-hmm. is the, the fastest uh, ship in the, mili- in the British military fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, we built that, by the way. Oh, that's right. You guys yeah. did. Yeah. Or I thought you guys built the Pearl. Uh, we built... Um, so the company that I work for, um, we built the metal frame for the Interceptor, like the entire frame. And then we built parts for the Pearl. Because I know the Interceptor was already like a an actual ship. Mm. And they just, you know, modified the color and everything to make it look the way that it did. But I was going to tie it back to uh, the show Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. That ship is also in the show, and it's the Jolly Roger for Captain Hook. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think you guys built the Black Pearl. We pro- we probably did. It's one of those things where, like, I didn't work there at the time. I was, like, a little too young. But, yeah, they put together a lot of, like, the framing and stuff for mm-hmm. the boats and everything. So, yeah, I, I, that's why we went to go see this movie in the theater is because, oh, we got to see what we made. But, yeah. That and this was also, I know we're, we're jumping off of, you know, just the plot by plot because the yeah. movie just turns into action adventure fun scallywags and all that stuff. But this was also the first movie to have its premiere in Disneyland. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, this would start the trend where they'd start mm-hmm. to do, you know, some of the live action ride movies or whatever was going on mm-hmm. in the park. But this was the first one where, no, we're doing a, a premiere at Disneyland. See, that's an interesting thing, right? Because I would have assumed that Disneyland, they would have done like premieres there before, but I'm like the animated movies, but I guess, I guess Disneyland didn't come around until 55 and most of them, most of the major ones were done before Disneyland, I suppose. So that really got me into, you know, 
premieres and being excited and kind of like, okay, how was this made and how did, was this done? Did you see it at Disneyland at the premiere? No, I didn't get to go to that premiere. Well, I don't know. I, I got to see it at... I don't uh, know what your dad did, all right. No, no, I, I got to see it at our local theater that we've gone to see many movies at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that would have been amazing to go see that in person at Disneyland. It, it, it's one of those things because the movie, I mean, well, let's just talk about that. This movie was real big. Yeah. Like real big. And this was a movie people thought was going to bomb. Yeah, people thought it was going to flop. Yeah, they were like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a kid's pirate movie. You know, what is it going to do? And it's like, no, it, you know, became the fourth biggest franchise in the world because it's just there's a story to it. Well, it's not even like the audience thought it was going to be trash. It was the fact that the executives were like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. We're putting too much money into it. We can't make our money back. It was the fact that even like the writers and even the director and the writers were like, we made this to be just a straight, good old fashioned pirate mm-hmm. film. We don't really know if it's going to be successful, but you're giving oh, us a lot of money to get it to made. We're shooting this on location in a location that's kind of hard to access because there's a major airport. But where we're shooting, there is no airport. You have to take everything off, you know, off onto these little boats or onto these little planes. We're also filming at in the ocean where even Steven Spielberg, who made Jaws, said never film on mm-hmm. the ocean. It's like famously, if you film on the water, you're just adding on double your production time. Yeah. And this movie cost a shit ton of money, especially at the time. This movie cost $140 million. Yeah. That was and that was it back at the time where a hundred million dollar movie was rare. Like you didn't get hundred million dollar movies every single like move like like you do now, like every Marvel movie has to be a hundred million dollars. This is like hundred and forty million, that was a huge movie. A yeah. huge movie. And the movie ended up end up making six hundred and fifty five million dollars. This movie like tripled, quadrupled its budget. Ali ooped it. Ali ooped it. And it's like, it is so surprising that this hit so hard, especially when it did, because there was a lot of competition. Oh, yeah. What is it? This movie makes $650 million at the box office. It's only the fourth highest grossing movie of that year. Lord of the Rings Return of the King makes the most. Then it's Finding Fucking Nemo. By the way, Finding Nemo came out this same year. Wow. Banger. But, like, think about that. Why is it that Pirates of the Caribbean hit so hard when it did, with all the competition around it? It was competing against s-tier franchises and it was a summer movie it's, yeah it's competing summer, bo- summer blockbuster competing in the summer blockbuster spl- spot where it is the most competitive summer blockbuster spot right like yeah. how what do you think connected audience with this movie so hard i think it had the magic like the mummy did just it just works it just works um you know it's a period piece where it feels like you are staying within that period mm-hmm. you don't feel like you know Oh, the this is modern day. You know, they're they're really trying to make it feel like, you know, this is something way back and it isn't. It's like I can see through the cracks. It's like, no, you're, you know, you're fully in these pirates world. It's an invested world. Mm-hmm. It's a world that really does feel like they didn't cut any corners. I could sit in a theater for two hours and 25 minutes and feel like I have been on an adventure. I think that's it's the same thing with like the mummy and I know we're comparing it right but it's a thing where this is almost cut from the same cloth because mm-hmm. the mummy movie is a pulpy action adventure movie that takes cues from Indiana Jones and all that other stuff. This is kind of cut from the same cloth. It's a pulpy pirate movie that's taking cues from the old pirate adventure movies that we don't see anymore. It's taking cues from the old Disney chic ride and all that stuff. 
but it's a movie that utilizes a lot of the same plot points, right? Mm -hmm. We have three main characters that we're following. We have the, you know, square-jawed hero, the beautiful damsel, and we have the funny um, third wheel. And there's a love story, but there's a a creepy villain. There's a mystical element to it Mm -hmm. all. There's a lot of action. The CGI and the adventure stuff and the VFX are really on point. They really do hold up. And they're not cutting any corners. It's a it's a thing. Like the mummy, that movie had like a giant, giant effects budget that ballooned because they refused to cut corners. Yeah. This has a huge budget because they refused to cut corners. What is it? Um, I think it was Will Eisner, whoever was the CEO or the head of production at Disney. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Bob Eisner. Bob Eisner was like, We will we will can this fucking movie, Mr. Verbinski, because you are like $30 million over budget. $30 million over budget for this fucking movie. And he's like, you're not going to cancel my movie. Why the fuck not? Because like, he won't get your money back. He's like, Bob, Bob, just sit down and wait. Just sit down and wait. Just sit down and wait. They they basically, under threat of this movie getting canned, they just shot through and then just sent a rough of what they had so far. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, all right, it looks pretty good. Okay, well, keep going, keep going. They, they basically developed the movie against threat of studio shutdown and kept feeding rough cuts and reels to the executives and got them kind of invested into it until they wanted to see the end of the movie. Yeah. Which is like, this movie had so much against it. I'm so surprised at how well not only it turned out for the time, but how well it holds up. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, another big thing with the movie we haven't talked about is the music. Yes. Music's phenomenal. uh, Scored by Hans Zimmer. This is a Hans Zimmer? Yes, I believe so. I know they said it was two composers, but I think Hans Zimmer took over. Okay. Well, I'm not saying like, oh my God, like, I don't think it's Hans Zimmer. It's like, really? Hans Zimmer did this? Because Hans Zimmer goes on to do um, another franchise that comes out a few years after this. All the Batman movies. The Batman Begins, Dark Knights, all that stuff. But I I didn't know he was um, into the Disney canon. Hey, he's got his... uh... His hand everywhere. He does. He does. Yeah, I'm it's Hans Zimmer. That's fascinating. Because the main theme of this is like kind of iconic. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you see him, you know, Jack first, you know, coming into town when he's on the mast. Mm. And, you know, you, we hear Jack's theme for the first time. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, if the visuals weren't enough, the music really makes you feel like, you know, this is a pirate's movie. And the theme goes on with all the other movies. So it's like, that's how you know that this is a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It becomes the mainstay of pirate movies, mm-hmm. right? Dun, 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 mm-hmm. Every time that kicks in, you're like, ah, I want to get my cutlass out and start, you know, Even in the action scenes. It comes in through, you know, a bigger, you know, or- orchestral, you know, kind of thing where, you know, you feel it with every, you know, blade hitting each other. It's like, yeah, you know, I- I- I'm fighting to the death. But with this banger playing in the background, I'm going to win. It's so fun. It is so fun. Everything. I think that's why this movie holds up as well as it did and why it was successful. It's like it's being just a, fun. It's like being in a fight with a prize fighter. It's just like <laughs> hit after hit after hit. And it's just like it just keeps hitting and it's, you know, gold every time. It is gold. But like but like I'm saying, I think that's why this movie works so well and holds up now is because it pushed front and foremost fun. The mm-hmm. movie is fun you can describe it in a lot of ways is it a cinematic masterpiece that will you know change you know the the filmmaking landscape yes it will okay well sure for some but it's not citizen kane it's not vertigo but it's 
fun. It's a movie that it's like we don't get it's it's movies like this that we don't really get a lot now where it's just we're just being fun. Or we get them now, but it's just it's not the lightning in a bottle like this movie was. Yeah. But it's like you can also well, explain it's, it's, why that lightning came to be. It's the thing where it's like it's fun without cutting corners. Mm-hmm. Like I know the um, newest Thor movie, Love and Thunder, that mm-hmm. got a lot of shit because the movie was like, oh, it's fun, but like a lot of the effects aren't like finished. Or the Flash movie yeah. that we saw, where I'm like, oh, the movie's like fun and there's like some interesting stuff, but it, like it looks like like kind of trash. Yeah, yeah, I, and it's kind of sad to hear, you know. Well, I mean, I also watched it on Max. I watched mm-hmm. it again, and I was like, they didn't fix the the CGI at the end at the climax. And I was like, yeah, I, I think you you had you know softened that up and kind of you know really pulled it together. It just looked too too cheese. It's the thing where I'm. It's and I think that's the problem, right? Is you know in this time they like people who did VX VFX or whatever, and you know I I think it's a weird thing that. A lot of the times we always complain about this, like Marvel movies start looking very sheened and not mm-hmm. like as detailed as we want. But in this time, there was a lot of effort put in on set and on production where we're filming it in a way with the knowledge that this is a real set. And then we were going to add a CGI element in later and not we are building a complete CGI world and well, then it's not going to work. I mean, you know, it's also a thing where there was CGI and, you know, CGI was still learning and you know becoming what it would be now where it's kind of ai where it's a little too realistic sometimes you get to the uncanny valley situation yeah so with this you know you get okay we got to make these uh the skeleton crew how are we going to do this let's scan a piece of turkey jerky and then we'll overlay that so it looks like you know, like rotting flesh. So oh, that's turkey a... jerky. Okay, that one, that's really interesting. I didn't know they did that. Mm-hmm. But two, that's also what they did in Lord of the Rings. All the all the models and like Isengard and, mm-hmm. and this and that, all the buildings and structures and everything, I, almost everything was scanned in to give a good texture and baseline and then, in, and then placed into it with mm-hmm. like CGI or whatever. And I'm like, that is a good way to do it because it, one makes it so that your crew your production crew has a more tactile understanding of what they're making Mm -hmm. and also giving your vfx people a good baseline to work with it's not just a vague idea of like yeah i want thanos to come in like like over here Mm -hmm. no no no, not over there like move him like like 30 degrees this way and then like can can we turn chris evans around here like can we do that Mm -hmm. i know i know he wasn't facing that way in the shop but can we do that for this now like shit like that i mean i'm just complaining about how Marvel movies don't look as good as they did when I was like 14, but whatever. Um, it was a different time. It was. But like Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, holds up. Oh, absolutely. Super fun. Yeah, and I mean, we haven't even talked about one of the biggest sets, the cave with the treasure. Okay, let's talk about the cave because with the treasure. up to this, everything has been um, on location, um, when they're out in the ocean, uh, when they're pillaging the town. Or or it's like it's a back lot or it's like maybe it, there's a set for interiors. It's a, It's been very minimal back lot. It's a lot of on location. Um, I think Port Royal, some of it, like where they're, you know, when the pirates are pillaging, 
they found an area that was by the water that had been abandoned and they were just able to, you know, kind of do a dress up of it, dress the facades of some of the buildings, expand. So it's like, you know, okay, so you're still technically on location, you're outside shooting, Mm -hmm. but then we get the, the cove with the treasure in it. Which is a great, great set because it's spooky. It's creepy. You feel like you're in the ride. Yes, exactly. I mean, you have Will and Jack in the boats that are just, you know, quietly, you know, paddling through and there's just gold everywhere. And there's, you know, skeletal remains of people that tried to, you know, come in and steal the gold that didn't make it out. And it's just like, this feels like a pirate's lair. It does. It's It does. And it feels like so much just world building going on mm-hmm. is like, oh, this is the island that you can't find unless you've been there before. And it's like, oh, this is why Jack's compass is broken. It doesn't point north. It points to where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing where when they're in the cove and you see the chest with all the gold pieces, Barbosa is about to, you know, cut up, you know, Elizabeth and or like at the end of the movie, right? The end of the movie has one of the best like like action like like um cross cutting like in in a lot of these movies mm-hmm. because you know oh the crew got sent out to the interceptor to attack um Norrington and all his crew and while that's going on Barbosa has cut a deal with Jack to like sacrifice Will after they take the interceptor mm-hmm. to become Commodore Barbosa mm-hmm. and then it turns into this swashbuckling sword fight Will is fighting um, the henchman. Jack is fighting Barbosa. Elizabeth comes in, gives Will the assist. They're crossing all over. We find out that Jack stole one of the coins, so he's immortal. Mm-hmm. So now Barbosa and Jack are now caught in this immortal battle of wills mm-hmm. as they're cross and sword fighting. And I love when they're falling through the cave and when they're thrust in, now they're in moonlight. Now they're monsters. Mm-hmm. And then in the same shot, they cross back over into the darkness. Now they're the normal actors again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is such a smooth transition. It's so action-packed. It's the music is pumping. It's slapping. When they're on the sh- when they're on the ship, all the crews are fighting each other. It's like, you know, um I I don't know. It's like two two armies just fighting each yeah. other on a battleship. It looks super cool. Yeah, so the cave's really cool. The cave is really cool. <laughs> the cave's really the cool. The cave's really cool. Uh, I mean... It sets up great set. Say great oh, set pieces. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the water in the cave is four feet deep. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, you're in it once you're in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching, I think, the documentary about the, the making of the movie. It was a thing where once they wrapped and they were done, there was no, um, there was no treasure left. Every, oh, really? Everyone in the crew went through and they picked what they wanted. None of the coins lasted. Everything was just gone. I'm like, damn, I would have cleaned up so good that day. The, that is a funny thing because that happens so often with sets like this where, oh, just little knickknacks. Yeah, well, I'll take some at home. You know, mm-hmm. my uh, my souvenirs, right? Yeah. It's like how, um, what is it, the Maltese Falcon, like the original, like disappeared mm-hmm. from set after they filmed and it ended up in like antique shop or bookshop or whatever until like leonardo DiCaprio managed to get it yeah it's it's just funny like that but like the climax of the movie is so fucking good oh yeah i mean the the transition of you know the the skeleton fight back to you know this is us in our true form you know that's cinema but also you know uh when jack's making this deal you know again quotation marks with barbosa where you know yeah you know kill will and you know will you agreed you would die for this woman, so you kind of have to honor that. Elizabeth, you did promise you'd marry uh, the Commodore because you want to save Will. So, you know. 
It works out for everybody. It works out for everybody, but realistically, I've got the game plan in and we're all going to live and Barbosa's going to die because yeah. this has been my goal since the beginning of the movie, since I got off of that island, Barbosa is dead. Exactly. And they, I love the fight where they, they're sword fighting and everything. And Jack throws the coin to Will with his blood on it. Mm-hmm. And Will cuts his own own hand, has his blood on it. And, they, and as he drops the coin in, Barbosa's about to shoot Elizabeth, but uh, Jack, Jack shoots, shoots him first. Shoots Barbosa. And Barbosa's like, You haven't learned anything, Jack. I can't die. And he's like, Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we see the coins. And then Barbosa's like, Wait, what? Looks and the blood's coming out. He's like, oh, I, I feel. I feel cold and it's and he falls down and the and the apple that was in his hand that wasn't in his hand before falls out of his hand <laughs> the man air. loved apples he in his dying breath he manifested a green granny smith apple is, you noticed that too right you're like where did that apple come from i, I love it's poetic uh, it's cool as shit i love how that's like the end villain thing oh right where he want he wanted to feel something and the only thing he can feel like the only thing he feels when he's turned human is di- is death that's he's the, dying, yeah. The first thing he feels. And I'm like, oh, fucking villain layers. <laughs> and I, was like, I love well, it. I was like, technically, you did get to feel something. <laughs> it was brief. It was brief. <laughs> and it is it is so fun. It is so fun, this movie. And then we get, you know, the ending to the movie where Jack's taken to the gallows. And Will finally admits to Elizabeth that he loves her. And Elizabeth, after getting a new wardrobe, after getting a pretty sweet new wardrobe, looking like hat. a looking like a musketeer. He, okay, I didn't want to say it, but he looks like he's from the Disney Musketeers yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, and then he admits to Elizabeth that he loves her, and Elizabeth, oh my god, and she like uh, faints or fakes fainting to distract the commodore and the governor. While Will springs Jack, they and Jack and Will fight off a bunch of the guards, and they're about to escape until they get cornered, and then there's the whole thing where we get norrington kind of being a homie being like you you love him and elizabeth's like i do and she's and he's like well i guess you must take care of her then like you did this fine sword and lets them go and then he lets jack he's like low-key i love the sword more than i love elizabeth (laughs) life happens and then he lets jack escape and gives him the head start as jack gets aboard the black pearl with gibbs and the crew because the crew were given the order when uh, they go to the cove for the the final you know act, that if he doesn't come back, they leave. Follow the code. Y- you uh, basically leave a man behind. Hmm. And Will is very much not that way. And I think you know it takes Gibbs and the crew. You know we love Jack. We don't want to see anything bad happen to him. So they're there for the assist. They're there for the assist. Jack gets on the boat, and you know Will and Elizabeth kiss, and it's and it's happy ever after for them. And Will and then Jack is like. All right, check the horizon, and let's go. And he checks the and he checks the um compass. He sings, you know, yo ho ho. A pirate's life for me. Pirate's life for me. Closes it, cuts to black. Credits. Fucking music kicks in. I'm getting goosebumps. It's so good. <laughs> it is so good. The ending of this movie is again, like the mummy. Say it with me now. Lightning, Lightning in, in a, a bottle. bottle. That I hate movies like this where it's hard to describe why they're so good. They are just fun. You buy the ticket, you take the ride. They just work. And Bring Me the Horizon was just, you know, kind of his thing he came up with in that moment. How how much improvisation was on set for this? Oh, I'm sure they probably said, go for it. Just just roll it? Yeah, just do it. I mean, like, it, it works. It really does work. There's There's... 
the, the whole thing finding out that when Orlando was like, does he do that? Mm-hmm. Why does he do that? Um, all the improv, improv lines and everything. This is just a fun movie. It is just a fun movie. It's a fun movie. But it's not only just a fun movie. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm having a good time. There's some issues with it, but I can kind of overlook it because, it, you know, it, it's fun. It's it's not like, um, it's a movie that it's like, oh, it's not of its time, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a movie that's like, it really doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. The humor's kind of bled. The this isn't, doesn't, like, play really well anymore. No, all the humor, it, it's, a, it's a little juvenile. The humor's a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, you know, the, the henchmen's that are like... Uh, Pintel and... Um... Rigetti? Yeah, the henchmen mm-hmm. that are like, okay, you're like here for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some plot, you have some plot bends to make everything work. Yeah, but it's like a thing where if you're just if you sit down, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you you turn the lights off and you're like, I'm just gonna vibe. I'm not gonna analyze the movie. I'm not watching Citizen Kane. I'm gonna I'm just gonna like absorb some entertainment for like two and a half hours Mm -hmm. you'll love this movie oh yeah it is the same thing with the mummy i don't really need to like have a life-changing cinematic experience i'm not watching seven fucking samurai but i just want to be entertained and have a good time speak for yourself the mummy was life-changing for me pirates was life-changing for me it's been these movies that are so fun so fascinating to see how they crafted them how they were able to do this because it's like, you know, a lot of stuff is practical. You know, it's practical effects, CGI effects. But it's like, how did you get it where it just looks right? How did you meld it so well together? How was it that you were able to get the cast just right? How was it a thing where, you know, not only was it just right, it was so good. It launched a franchise. It launched a leading man. I mean, Kira Knightley nearly lost the, the role to this movie because she got stuck in traffic here. Oh, really? Yeah. Who she did was- she almost lose it to? I'm I'm curious because I, I, I had a list of people that they had considered. Oh, I think now I remember. Um, in the uh, DVD, uh, directed DVD that they had originally wanted to do, they wanted Heath Ledger in it. Yeah, Heath Ledger was gonna play uh, Will Turner, mm-hmm. and then it was gonna be either Carrie Elways for Jack for Sparrow, Jack. or it was gonna be Christopher or Christopher Walken for Barbosa. Yeah, for Barbosa. Yeah, and then who was gonna be the Elizabeth role? From what I read, I didn't see a listing for uh, a leading lady, mm. so I don't know how different the story was originally. It might it might have been a thing where it was going to be Kira Knightley either way, because Kira Knightley at this point wasn't a a list actress, right? No, she was she, young. She had been in things, but it's you know not like to this level now where you know you could list off so many Kira Knightley movies. Mm-hmm. It it is just kind of fascinating of how close this movie came to being a direct-to-Disney video direct-to-video Disney movie yeah and how it was able to just cross that barrier get like a real director on it I think here the interesting thing about this era right where we have the Matrix Spider-Man Pirates Lord of the Rings Star Wars da 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 mm-hmm. you know maybe yeah even Star Wars Star Wars is like a, the prequels are more like auteur driven than mm-hmm. even the original trilogy is but, but but that's kind of you know a um a CGI where it's just way too much yeah that that's the problem with those star yeah the star wars movies like the effects for those only some of them hold up very well now that but this is around that same time so it's like you know you have pirates where you know it's really blended together evenly and then you have attack of the clones where it's just like is anything real apart from the actors yeah that's the thing like 
well, what I'm getting at is like this era, we had like really auteur driven movies, right? Because like Spider Man was made by Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. and Sam Raimi Spider Man movies are a product of Sam Raimi and his sensibilities. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings are a product of, you know, granted J.R.R. Tolkien's work, mm-hmm. but also filtered through the lens of Peter Jackson, the guy that made Brain Dead and made Frighteners and is a weird, you know, mm-hmm. Kiwi that loves monster <laughs> movies. And then you have- We love the Kiwis. We love the Kiwis. And you have Star Wars. And say what you will about the prequels, they are George Lucas's babies. Those are, are filtered through the mindset of one George Lucas, who is a is an interesting creative person. We'll yeah. put it like that. And the Matrix, the Wachowskis, you know, they are like- those are their artistically driven and created movies, and all of them became franchises. Gore Verbinski, I know he made, like, weird movies later. He made, like, A Cure for Wellness a couple of years ago, and that movie, that movie was weird. But he is, like, a real, like, I have a vision, I want to make something good, and I think that's something we lack now. That's why these blockbuster era feels different than the blockbuster era we're currently in because it's a lot more like studio driven yeah. than it is like a tourist driven but yeah the pirates of the caribbean what can i say i mean i love this movie <laughs> I, I think it's one i'm gonna have to pull back into rotation i think once it came out on dvd it was one of those movies that i was watching over and over and over again. I was watching it last night and I was like, oh, I still know the the dialogue to this movie. This this was one of those like every summer weekend we're going to mm-hmm. put on Pirates of the Caribbean and we're going to we're going to jam. It's a good movie. It's I fun. I mean, the movie was so good. They altered all the pirate rides for Disney parks. Yes, they did. Uh, Do they still have Jack Sparrow in the ride oh, oh, still? Yeah. yeah, Jack is still part of the ride. Okay. Um, well, I didn't know Bart- if they took him out after the uh, thing. No, no. Jack is still part of the ride. Um, I know they added Barbosa later. So Barbosa's on the big pirate ship. Yeah, I know Barbosa's there. Because uh, I, re- I remember when they put it into the rides. Yeah. Yeah, which was wild. And it's like, I, I'm still kicking myself. I wasn't that day. I wasn't there that day. That Johnny Depp was there in costume in the ride and just kind of like popping up and like saying dialogue. He and started to riffing people. to people. Yeah, I was just like, damn it. Like I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, that that's not my, you know, ultimate missing Johnny Depp story that I have. Yeah. Because I have a, a one degree separation from Johnny Depp. Because your mom met him. Oh, man. My mom met him at her work. Uh, he came in to meet her boss. And this is when he was filming uh, Stranger Tides. So... Mm-hmm. At World's End had already, you know, come out. The The trilogy had ended, but the story was still continuing. Yeah. So It's the thing where Gore Verbinski finished the story he wanted to tell. Yeah. And this was Johnny Depp at maximum fame. Yeah, so he showed up at my mom's work. He had uh, the the gold fillers in his teeth. and Oh, know, like he just came from set or something? Yeah, I, I think they were either uh, filming some stuff in L.A. or Long Beach. And, you know, he came in because he was in the area. So he still, you know, had... His teeth, he had the rings on, the, the Jack's tattoos or whatever. So my mom's like, I'm going to shoot my shot and go, you know, say hi to him and see if I can get a picture with him. And she, this was, I guess, close to when I was getting out of school. Mm-hmm. So she was waiting for me to make that phone call to say, hey, I'm out of, I'm out of school. I'm going to start heading home now. I guess he left before, right before I called. So she got a picture with him and she's just like, uh, she's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, nothing getting out of school. She's like. If you had called like five minutes sooner, you would have been able to talk to Johnny Depp. She's like, I was going to hand you the phone, hand him the phone to talk to you. I'm like, <laughs> so every day I've kicked myself every day. I'm like, should I just ditch that day? I should have been doing something else. I could have talked to Johnny Depp. 
Ruined. Absolutely ruined. 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 We have those pictures, though. All right. Well, uh, final thoughts on Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Rating it five out of five. I would give it. I would give it a four out of five. Again, it's one of those. You have things, no soul. No, I have a soul. This movie fucking slaps. The only reason I don't give it four out of five is because those plot bends, that goofy stuff. Like it, looking at it in a critical eye, four out of five. Looking at it in a enjoying myself, oh fucking five out of five, six out Come of five. On, I love. I really love this movie. But yeah, this is a this is a this is a real um, real banger, as it were. It is. Yeah, I I love this movie. Um, highly recommend it. Great for children. I mean, there's action in it, but you know, it's Disney action. It yeah. It, it was also Disney's first PG thirteen film. The, yeah, yeah. Because they would, you know, send out their PG thirteen R stuff through Touchstone and Hollywood Pictures. Hollywood Pictures. We did um uh, Stay Alive through Hollywood Pictures. Their own. Oh, that's the right. Only Disney slasher film. That's right. So I would love to go back and revisit it. I know you did not like that uh, movie, and we watched um. The theatrical cut, the theatrical cut for Stay Alive is trash, absolute trash. It was the, a rough watch. The director's or unrated cut of it is actually pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, but totally recommend this movie. It's great for children, adults, teens. It's a, a feel good movie for everybody. That that is how I would describe it. It's a feel good movie for everyone. Hey, you're you know describing the climax over there, and you're giving yourself the chills because it's, it's just. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's this is the movie I put it up there with like The Mummy. Mm-hmm. I put it up there with like um you know Spider-Man. They're just they're movies that just fucking work. They you put them on they're just good. They're just fun. You they can slap. They slap. You can watch them. They're gonna you're gonna have a good time. It's one of those things where I can't imagine somebody watching this and not enjoying something about it. That's what I said, you know. I sat there with a smile on my face, and I was like, yeah, that's right. This movie has that kind of power that you're just, you know, it's action and suspense, but it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But that was Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Johnny Depp has now achieved A-list status. Mm-hmm. And next week, we're going to go on his victory run now that he is uh, basically anointed a king of Hollywood. Yes. And what are we watching next week? Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Oh, Lord. Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, his return to Tim Burton. It's basically the movie that, because Johnny Depp became big, he could greenlight anything. It somehow ties back to Pirates of the Caribbean. We'll reveal that in that episode. Oh, we will. Um, But I'm also a lot of Harry Potter alum. A lot of Harry Potter alum. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but cool at the same time. Very cool. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I've seen, I haven't seen it in years. And it's my first time seeing it full. So surprised. Well, it's a thing where, you know, I saw clips of it and it was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll get around to it. But now it's finally happening. It's finally happening. It is. But if people wanted to listen to that or check out more of our episodes, where can they go? If you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Yes, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That is The Film Vault on YouTube. You can like, comment, and subscribe on the video, the slideshow, whatever versions of this podcast. Uh, It's a lot of fun on there. We are trying our best to sync up releases. We're getting closer and closer every day. Um, but yeah, if you want to know when we're going to release new episodes, what new episodes are in the pipeline, or what adventures we're going on, where can they go? You could go to the Film Club Podcast on Instagram where we post, like Dean said, upcoming episodes, uh, 
trivia, random adventures were going on, just about everything. And with that, a pirate's life for me. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.